This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> and a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. I'm giggling because morning. Charlie is in an exuberant mood, doing exercises already. S- stretching, stretching yeah. dancing, oh, you know, got to get God. ready for gardening. Oh, yeah. It's Spring all has getting... sprung. The grass is riz. I wonder where my money is. No, that's not right. <laughs> however, yes. However, yes. Uh, yeah, indeed, indeed, we got a lot of things happening today. Uh, Earth Day. Hour. Hour. Yeah, tonight, eight thirty to nine thirty. Yes. You're what are you be... going to do? What candles are you going to light? Well, uh, snuggling up in front of the fire. <laughs> that's a good idea. Golly. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll have to talk to Shirley. Uh, about I think that. it's yes. got some yeah. good possibilities. Indeed. You know, moment. you mentioned something to me earlier, uh, just before we went on the air here, about a, a lovely couple who listen to the show every Saturday morning. Well, why don't and, you do the numbers? All right, then you're going to explain I don't want to boss you around, but it oh, is oh, your job, after all. You, I Because have, we do hope to hear from some of our lovely listeners. Uh, Sebastian, make sure you keep that line, I will not boss you around handy, okay? <laughs> I want that as evidence. All right, uh, phone numbers for Charlie's Garden Show, 416-360-0740 here in Toronto. Anywhere in the uh, province, really, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian know, please. He's the young man who'll be answering the phones. Uh, and we will, when you come to the air, accompany that nice. with your call. Little yeah. bell, welcoming, get your wings, gardening wings. Garden wings. Mm. And it's a very good time to be thinking about garden wings. Yep. Because though it's a gray, rainy day today, I guess everywhere across Ontario... The sun will come out eventually, and all this rain right now is washing away all the salt and the What a messy the, morning. Boy, what an awful dry it, it was. Yeah, anyway. and it's it's not. And it's kind of a funny day, too, because you think, it's not winter, but it's chilly today. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I've seen people going by in their winter coats in the rain. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of one of those funny days. But it's going to get better. I guess that's my only point is, you know, spring is really here. Um, as you mentioned, it is Earth Hour this evening, and between 8.30 and 9.30, you're it, the suggestion is to shut your lights off uh, in support of, you know, mm-hmm. saving the earth from unnecessary waste and, and, you know, all kinds of things. But there's parties all over the place. Look at this. Candlelit pub nights going on at the Mill Street Brewery. Well, I'll drink to that. Yeah. yeah. The beach has got something going on at the Kew Gardens Park here in Toronto. Um, festivities, all outdoors. Guided and walks, downtown stargazing. I can't imagine the guided walks in rotten weather like this. Yeah, it doesn't Take, sound take your brollies. Well, maybe, maybe there'll be it. some walks down under the city. No, <laughs> Mind you, if it's, if it's dark down there, you might not. Yeah, bring your candles. But bottom line, that's going on tonight, so that's all good. Of course, there's lots of meetings going on now that we're you know, getting all excited about spring. On Where's my day here? 
Sunday, that'd be tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting Nancy Christie. She's a graduate of the Niagara Hort Technician Program. She's talking about roses in the garden. This is at 2 o'clock at the Royal Botanical Gardens, uh, which is, of course, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They're in rooms number 3 and 4. Everyone is invited to attend, and this is part of the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. Lots going on with roses these days, too. I think we're trying to encourage Mm -hmm. gardeners to not be so afraid of roses. There's a lot of new roses available now, some of which are Canadian-born and bred, so nice and tough. Uh, Scarborough Garden, sorry, Scarborough CD Saturday and Green Fair, April the 1st. That'll be next week, next Saturday from 11 to 4, uh, put together... um, from a, sorry, 11 to 4 at the Blessed Cardinal Newman High School. That's at 100 Brimley Road South, just south of Kingston Road. Seventh year, just keeps on growing. Over 50 tables, booths, something for everyone. Lots going on there, so support the Scarborough CD Saturday and Green Fair. Now, mm. you're right, I did get a very nice email. Thank you very much from Brenda McKilvery in Penetanguishene. She wanted me to announce that the Penetanguishene Garden Club is very excited to announce that Paul Zamet will be their featured speaker on Tuesday, April 18th at 7 p.m. Oh, so they'll enjoy him. Exactly. Yeah. Mark that on your calendars. Uh, the meeting is held at the Brian Orser Hall, Penetanguishene Memorial Community Center, 61 Maria Street. Paul Zamet, as we all know, is the horticultural director of the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and he'll be speaking on container gardening, which is one of his best talks, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think he breathes once when he's doing some of his speaking. <laughs> he's, just, he's just coming at you. He's just throwing information at you, and he's full of energy and wacky guy. Love him, though. So he's uh, going to be showing you drama for every season. But in Brenda's note, she commented that her and her husband have a routine on Saturday mornings. They get their cups of coffee. So hi, Brenda. Hi, Brenda's husband. Uh, sitting with their cups of coffee, um, nine o'clock. They overlook their many bird feeders while they uh, listen to the garden right. show. Yeah, right. So everyone's welcome, of course, to the Penetanguishene Garden Club event. Sweets will be served. Guests are five dollars, which will which can be put towards your membership for this year. There's my cardinal. There's your cardinal. Yeah. Just I in case a, they don't see the cardinal. I have a lot of cardinals. I have an yeah, amazing. I have. Five pairs of cardinals hanging out my backyard. Pairs, really? Pair, yeah, yeah, boys and girls. And it's so interesting because they're they're building nests as yeah, we speak. Yeah. So the girl cardinals are all down at ground level and they're busily looking for nice little sticks and pieces of debris. And what are the guys doing? Eating. <laughs> At the bar, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're like, uh, or they're staring each other off, right? There's a whole dominance thing with the male birds. Oh, I get so, yeah. and, and you can't always tell. It's usually it's size-based, but who knows what's really going on there. So one lands on a tree branch, and the next one zings in, and then he jumps to another tree branch, and <laughs> zings in and jumps. So there's always one that's kind of trying to dominate the other. Right. Pretty, yeah. pretty fun to watch. Backyard battles. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, gee, we better move along here. Uh, it's uh, coming right, well, isn't it? 914 mm. on the Garden Show. So we have to take a little bit of a break and let Sebastian do some work in that control room. And meantime, we'll come back and say hi to Josephine in Pickering. First off the line again. Uh, good she's for good. You. <laughs> All righty, Josephine. We'll return here on the Garden Show in just moments from Zoomer Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
And uh, let's go once again out to Pickering and say hi to Josephine. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in like everybody else. <laughs> good. I, I hope Frank had a good vacation while oh, he was away. Oh, my gosh, did I have a <sighs> wonderful time. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm calling about is my hedge outside. Mm -hmm. Everything here is growing. My tulips are up about four inches. Mm -hmm. I've got all the small bulbs up, mm -hmm. but my hedge needs cutting back desperately because mm -hmm. it's getting too high for me to cut. What kind of a hedge? Is it a decision? Oh, it is privet. Okay. You know what? You, when was the last time it had a real serious pruning or trimming? Oh, not for quite a while. Like 10 years or something? Uh, maybe about that. How old is it, roughly, do you know? Uh, well, it was here when I moved in the house, and I've been here 17 years. Okay. Because one of the things you can do, and privet is very good at, at being able to withstand this kind of treatment... If your privet is old and woody and, you know, it's got dead stuff in it and you've got branches with no leaves and it's overgrown, you can be very, very dramatic on a privet. And you can cut it down to four inches tall. No the whole thing. You can go right across near with a chainsaw. Wow. And oh, that's something I've got to get my son-in-law to do. That's something I can't do. No, but yeah. it, it is a good thing to get, you know, the younger folk It'll on. It'll rejuvenate. Exactly. It will come up. up. Now, yeah, at first you're going to go, oh, my gosh, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to be nothing there, and you're so used to having this wall of a hedge. Yeah, well, it's in between. Uh, like, I have a semi-detached mm -hmm. house, so right. it's in between the two of us, but it's me that does the hedge. Yeah. But, but I'm getting a little bit up there for reaching the high part. Right. Well, you don't want a privet to be that high anyway, because it's probably no. all naked at the bottom. It's just got leaves probably at the top, and it's see-through at the bottom. You want a solid green wall, right, yeah. ground to, to well, whatever height. it's not naked at the bottom. No, eh? Okay, it's good. It's pretty dense. Good. Well, if you, like I said, Said you now before the leaves come out is the time to prune. It's so starting. Yeah, well, so that's what I'm saying. Not on a rainy day, but as soon no. as we get a clear day, and like I said, you can go right down to four inches tall or not that far. It's up to you. You can go at whatever sort of height works for you. Keeping in mind, it's going to grow a foot this growing season. So whatever. Yes, I realize. Point you take it to at a foot is where it's going to be in the fall. Okay, then. Okay. Great. But, but Thanks an awful good lot. Time. I'll be calling you next week for some more information. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll try and get your uh, more work for your son-in-law there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get my son-in-law going, but I'll tell you one thing. i got a strategy to getting you. Oh, really? Oh, really? I'm not letting anybody know. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. all right. Avoiding the busy Have a good weekend. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Josephine. I wonder if Josephine's strategy is she's got the phone number on speed dial. Uh, could well be. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Hmm. Well, see, uh, uh, Bob had no trouble reaching us here from Scarborough. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the show. Morning. Morning. I guess uh, this is the uh, time when they call it, uh, this is the start of the should I do it season. Yeah, that's right. Or when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go and cover your uh, roses and mm -hmm. plants and leaves and whatever. But I have uh, six pyramid cedars that I bought last year. They're about six feet tall. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I burlapped them, mm -hmm. and uh, I uncovered just the tops uh, just yesterday, but I noticed one of them is quite brown mm -hmm. on the top. Is it too early to uncover them, or when I do uncover them fully or just partially, or how does that work out? What I would do is, uh, it's nice to uncover them as soon as you can, but watch the weather. If we were, so yeah, so that's the fine line between the uncovering. 
great idea to you know start to unhill the roses that sort of thing and uncover the 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 wrapped up evergreens but if we suddenly get a 20 below temperature forecast with a strong northwest wind those plants will really suffer with such a dramatic cold experience since they have been protected for the entire winter so that's where you go out and then you you know, kick some soil back up over your roses and you would wrap your your cedars again just for uh, some kind of an extreme cold. But if we're staying, you know, five, ten below and and above that, they're fine to be uncovered now. Okay. I'm at an age where I sort of get impulsive and I want to get things going, you know. I hear (laughs) you. No, I hear you. We we get just so juiced up when the days are longer. It's like, ooh, it's 6 o'clock and the sun is still up. I could be outside right now. Great. Thank you for your time. appreciate it. Thanks for Thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio, uh, 922. We're getting set to have a word uh, with uh, Peter in Southampton, but Mm -hmm. we have to take a little bit of a break before we do that. So come on back. Join us. Well, don't go anywhere. (laughs) That's right. Don't go anywhere. We're we're right here in the studio waiting for your questions, okay? Phone 9. Let's see, 416-360-0740 in Toronto and anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Back in moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, uh, Charlie has been doing a search uh, <laughs> online here, and so we we sort of suspect that in Southampton uh, it's uh, about minus two, and there's a little bit of snow coming down. Let's have that all verified. Peter, good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. What's um, what's the yes, weather like there, there right now? There was a little bit of snow this morning when I was walking my dog. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, our spring bulbs are going to start coming up, mm-hmm. and we have the usual predators that want to eat their new shoots and mm-hmm. blooms. Yeah. I have a beautiful American Labrador chocolate Labrador retriever, uh-huh. and when I groom her twice or so a week, uh-huh. I save the hair. Uh-huh. And when my spring bulbs come up, I sprinkle the hair around them, and nothing bothers the spring bulbs. Wow. And the wind doesn't blow the fur away? No. uh, It's... They're high enough that it stays right mm. there. Yes, you tuck down yeah. and around. Yes. So Any chance of renting or... your dog out? <laughs> 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 well, I've always I've heard that, that yeah. even the idea of go, I, at the hairdresser, you can get human hair, obviously, for the same purpose, mm-hmm. just to bring those smells closer to the ground and to the plants, so that the animals go, "Ooh, that doesn't smell That's safe." Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a big chocolate lab is not a safe smell to yeah. a squirrel or a rabbit or or whoever the critters are that are chewing around in your garden. That's a good tip, though. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Very good idea. So I hope all our listeners are, are hearing that. And, of course, they'll be borrowing their neighbor's dogs or running around <laughs> to the dog park with a comb in their hands. You know, there's a business There's a business waiting to be started right here. <laughs> you betcha. Hey, thanks for that, Peter. Also, when I um, plant new bulbs about two inches below the surface, I put some hair there, and then cover it up. Oh, yeah. And nothing ever digs down 
at the bulbs. Oh my gosh, you've got this perfected. That's yeah. a good idea. And and obviously, wonderful re- recycling, if you will. The, the fur will just decompose and yeah. you know add different nutrients to the soil. So no no worries there. And a great way to save money and use the fur twice. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks. Thanks Thanks, very much for the call, Peter. Uh, 927 here on Zoomer Radio. And oh, hey, my bell ring arm. Get it going here, Frankie. There we go. That's for Helgard here in Toronto. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I I have an apple tree. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I need an arborist. I had before lumberjack. And they ruined my apple yes, tree. Yes. And I can't get anybody from firms to come and just trim one apple tree. No. Have you any uh, recommendation or do you know anybody? One thing I have found is that many of the arborists that are out there, or two things I guess I've found. One is they're not that interested in just trimming one tree. Yeah. And number two, there's a, a very large lack of knowledge when it comes to fruit trees yeah i know so they might know how to trim a maple or an oak or something like that and they're really good at cutting down the ash but uh when it comes to properly pruning a fruit tree it's a bit of a challenge so you know know. what can you leave that with me i mean have did you try the davy tree services davy d-a-v-e-y no they're a very large company. They're all across Ontario. They may say, no, 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 we won't come for one. Oh, David, yeah, David Tree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're worth trying. I mean, they're, they're definitely very professional and have excellent expertise. And, and they might point you in the right direction if they can. They help. may have a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, let's put a call out there. Does anybody know of... You know what we need is we need you need to get somebody out of Niagara to come up yeah, to trim your tree because yeah. that's where the best fruit tree trimmers are is down in the uh, fruit growing areas, so Collingwood and mm-hmm. down, obviously, in Niagara Peninsula. Yeah. But um, I'll see if I can come up with anybody else who might be a, a yeah. good source. So keep listening, and I'll see if I can report back by the end of the show. But in the meantime, Davy Tree, Shady Lane, these are sort of big companies that come to mind. Well, I tried some of the yeah. uh, big companies, yeah. but uh, they wouldn't come just for one thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. I All right. did it before. I did it myself, but I can't anymore because I'm into my 80s. Yeah. I can't reach that high anymore. That's right. They get big. And yep. they do need to be trimmed every year, every, the, yep. now, yep. now or last week. Because <laughs> fruit trees, we've got to get on them early. Well, good luck with that, Helgard. Let us know how you, uh, how you make out with that, okay? Okay, thanks. All righty. Thank you very much. Bye. 9.30, right on the button here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. There's Jane in Georgetown. Good morning, Jane. Morning on Earth Day. Good hey, morning. Yeah, that's right. I just received a dozen of fresh-cut tulips. Nice. In a vase. Now, is there something special that I can do to have them last as po- long as possible? Oh, good question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, tu- you know what's neat about tulips, cut tulips? They're, as far as I know, the only cut flower that after they're cut and you put them in a vase, they continue to grow. So they and, and they will grow, literally grow, but they'll also, as all plants do, go towards the light. Yeah. So I've seen time-lapse uh, photography of tulips in a vase, and it's like they're dancing because they're actually growing and moving and doing all the sort of um, literally movement within the vase. To prolong the beauty and the, and the joy of having them in your home, the best thing you can do is, as was explained to me by a florist, make sure your vase is super clean before you put any flowers mm. into it 
if it's not if it's not clean enough for you to drink out of it, it's not clean enough for flowers to be in it. Okay, because so, they came with in a vase from the florist. So okay. I'm gathering that it is all clean. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's good. Make sure that you keep the water topped up because all the right. water will be used and evaporated. And they've probably put a little bit of preservative into the water, some carbohydrates to feed the tulips a little yep. more. So keep them in a spot where they don't have to be right in a window, but a bright spot is good. You'll find that they'll stay brighter and the color will mm-hmm. be retained. And just top up the water as you can. And that's it. The cooler the temperatures, the longer any cut flower will last. All right. So oh, if you can crank your okay. thermostat down a tiny bit, they'll last even longer. Perfect. Uh, okay. Now, somebody mentioned putting a penny in the water. <laughs> Have you heard about that copper. one? I, a penny. Yeah, I know. For copper, obviously. I, do, no. I don't know that I would do that. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Thank you very much. We've saved you money. That's great. (laughs) Thanks, Jane, for joining us here on The Garden Show. Uh, Might mention we've got a couple of lines open right now. If you're in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And off we go to St. Catharines, a former stomping ground of mine. Uh, Shelly is on the line. Good morning. Hi, Shelly. How are you this lovely wet day? <laughs> lovely. <laughs> it's gray here for sure. Talking about the brawly, I hope you got your wellies too. Oh, that's, that's not right. to mention, yeah. <laughs> Puddles everywhere. Yeah. I have um, a hibiscus that's a beautiful burgundy red. I've called mm. before about it. Mm-hmm. And I lost the mother plant. It died. But I have only three surviving cuttings of the 24 that I started. Mm. So I know why it, this is a rare color. Yeah. But one of the one of the cuttings has grown straight up, uh-huh. and it's about thirty inches tall. Uh-huh. The the base of the stalk is is fairly thick, so that, I mean yeah. it's not flopping over or anything. It's, yeah. it's sturdy and standing straight. And I'm wondering, you know, you see about the the hibiscus trees and this mm-hmm. kind of thing is. Is there something I can do to kind of turn this into a bit of a tree, or is it better just to cut it back and try a, a couple more cuttings? And, and No, that's a great question. The um, uh, I'm assuming it's in a pot now. You, you were able to root the cutting, and it's now potted up? Yes. Okay. So as soon as you said that, that it's growing straight and it's about 30 inches tall, I, right away that's what I flashed on. That's a good one to train to a tree form. because that's it's what I was wondering, not, but I don't know how to do it. Well, honestly, it's already doing it for you. But the only question is, is how high would you want the tree to be? When we go shopping in the spring and we go and we see some of these lovely hibiscus trees or standards, they have been grown in Florida and then shipped up to Ontario for us to purchase in the spring. They're usually stand that basically the stem will be three to four feet of naked stem so from top of the soil before the plant starts to branch out right so the only question to you is what height would you want it to be because that's that for now you're going to leave it growing as a single stem and as just a straight straight up and down plant whatever leaves are on it are good let the leaves be there because the more leaves the more photosynthesis the faster it will grow at some point, you're going to say, all right, now it's 36 inches tall. That's, as, that's where I want to now start my tree, you know, my branching to happen on my tree. And that's when you'll take your finger and your thumb and you're going to pinch the tip off at that point. What, it could be 36 inches, could be, you know, 32 inches, whatever height you want. Right. Once you pinch that tip, now you'll start the side branching. 
at the top. Right away as well, though, the plant is going to naturally want to send side branches all the way down that stem. So your job will be to not allow that to happen. So as soon as you start seeing side branches and shoots coming off your what should be ultimately a naked stem, you're going to just break those off carefully with your thumbs. And once those side shoots start to, you know, give a, get a couple inches on them, uh, again, you're going to pinch those tips. So it's gonna, that's how you're going to make that bushy plant is every month you're going to pinch the tips. And then you're going to also remove all those leaves from the stem, uh, probably June-ish, so that you'll now have a naked stem and you'll have little beginnings of a green bush on top. Okay. Well, that's not, I wondered about that. Yeah. I, it doesn't sound as hard as I thought it might no. be. <laughs> no, it's just, it just you got to kind of envision where it's growing, and then you just have to direct where you want it to grow. Yes. Hibiscus well, are pretty rewarding and easy to work with. Right. Well, it's very healthy. Good. And um, but I like it because it's just grown so straight. Perfect. That's why I thought about yep. the tree aspect of it. But I had no idea how to yeah. how to go about it and and to yeah. stop the the branching out from the lower part of the of the stalk. Right. You know? So because when you pinch that top, it will start to branch at the bottom, and you're not going to let that happen. Okay. Okay. But until for now, it's all the growth is still going to be at the top. Excellent. Okey-doke. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, you're a wealth great. of information. Thank that's you so very much. Call. Okay, Shelley, thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. 9.37 here on a uh, Saturday morning as we oh, reach out to Markham for a first-time caller, might I say. Uh, there you are. Elaine, welcome to the show. Hi there, Frank and Charlie. How good, are you doing? Good great. morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, rainy morning. Mm-hmm. I just purchased from Loblaws most beautiful orchid. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It's about oh, 18 inches high. The blooms are huge. Mm-hmm. And I'm having all kinds of conflicting <laughs> stories about <laughs> keeping the water on it. Uh, like from ice cubes, bounding it under the tap to mm-hmm. I don't know what. So oh, I'm, know. I'm really asking what, what your advice is. Okay, so the ice cubes, it, it probably has those instructions right on it. Three ice cubes every week uh, is all it needs. And uh-huh. for some people, that works. From the orchid's perspective, it likes that slow uh, percolation of water that ice cubes provide as they slowly melt. But they're very cold. And orchids are tropical plants. And the idea of having ice cubes on the roots of a tropical plant just makes me want to shiver. Like, I just don't like it at all. Uh-huh. So I, I actually follow the direction that's been given to us by some of the experts at the Southern Ontario Orchid Society, uh, who, some of whom have joined us in the past. And what I do is I have a pail of water, just a regular, you know, a laundry pail, Keep it full of water that eventually is, of course, room temperature. At this time of year, I'll even put a little bit of orchid fertilizer into that water. And when it's time to water my orchids, which is anywhere from every seven or eight or nine or ten days, depending on, you know, sunshine, et cetera, coming in the windows, I actually immerse the plant. Just plunge it right in there. Yeah, pot and all into the water and... um, Ultimately, I go you hold it because, of course, as you're putting the pot into the water, air bubbles start to um, 
rise to the surface. But I'll just, I'll go right down. I'll, I'll bury the pot under the water. The leaves can go under the water. But, of course, we keep the flowers out and just hold it there until all the air bubbles stop rising to the surface. You're trying to get those roots covered, right? <clears throat> yeah, and you're trying to fill all the air spaces that are in between the, the media that the orchid is growing in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're growing in rock wool. Sometimes bark. they're growing in bark. Yeah. They're always growing in something really chunky and large. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to fill the, the spaces with water, like thoroughly fill all the spaces with water by dunking it like that. Then you pull the orchid out of the water. Mm-hmm. Its water's going to pour out of the, the drainage holes for a couple of minutes. You hold it there and then back to its spot in the window or wherever you've had it. Um, and this, the good thing is that it, by filling those spaces with water, it forces all the air mm-hmm. out that was in those spaces. So it refreshes because as the, now the water we've put into the orchid pot is being used by the orchid and going into the atmosphere, air goes back into those spaces. So it's fresh air that goes in there. And in terms of gas exchange and healthy roots and a healthy plant, it's a very, very effective way to, to do that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Were you transference? Yeah, or... transferring or translocating, yeah. sort of like yeah. So we go, we've got old sort of dead air. Then water goes in, and then as the water disappears, rejuvenation. New, yeah, new yeah. air goes into those spots, and it's into those areas, and it's like I said, very very good for the orchids. So I I've had great success because frankly I've killed a lot of orchids <laughs> in my time, but I've been using this method the last two or three years, and I personally right now have three orchids blooming at home. Wow. That's yeah. a record for you. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this, it's in a, like a plastic pot. Yeah. That's and then it, it's in the ceramic. Right. So right? you'll pull it out of the ceramic, and it'll be the plastic that you'll immerse into the water. Okay. Okay. It'd be hard to get that out, though, because it fits in there really, really tight. But usually they've got a little uh, metal stake that the flower stem is attached to. Right. So if you just tug very gently on that metal stake, you'll find that it won't come out of the pot. It'll lift the inner pot out of the outer pot. Oh, okay. That, I use that as my handle. <laughs> okay, so just wait till the air bubbles and then... Yep, and, you, and you'll do that, like I said, every week or so, just depending on the weight. Like I always do everything by the weight of the pot, so that's the other reason why you want to be able to pull it out of the ceramic. You'll oh. be able to feel when it gets light versus okay. what it feels like now, which is probably fairly heavy. Wonderful, because I've just had it for one week. So. Oh, there you go. Well, well there, get that stuff. pail filled. Get yep. that to room temperature. That that water. So I just need the water, like the water in the pail. Yeah. That the little pot is submerged. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Perfect. great. Thank, Thank you. Okay. Thank you, You're Elaine. Very welcome. Another satisfied customer here on the Garden Show <laughs> from Zoomer Radio. Nine forty-one. Got to take a break here, and we'll come back to talk to uh, Wanda in Scarborough right after these words on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's say good morning to Wanda in Scarborough. Welcome to the show, Wanda. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. You just sound full of energy. <laughs> Good morning. We, we fool people easily. <laughs> it's because we're excited about going for breakfast. Yeah. Well, I see. That's what it is. My little uh, double impatience in white, it's, mm. I, 
growing it from a cutting, and it's seven inches high. It has three little branches and seven blooms. Nice. Yes, and it's just in a four-inch pot. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, I understand tea is supposed to be good for flowers, uh, so I've been giving it some green tea and herbal teas. Is that really beneficial? Um. Okay, so what's important to realize is that plants need nutrient, uh, many, many different um, nutrients. The big, what we call macronutrients, so the ones that they need in the largest quantities are things like nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. As far as I know, none of the teas would necessarily contain any of those three nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, or potassium. However, they also need in absolutely minute quantities, micro quantities of things like magnesium, sulfur, zinc, molybdenum, iron. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. It's molybdenum. It's a it's an element on the well, periodic table. Oh, well, so right. bottom line is within your teas, particularly some of your herbal teas, you probably do have some minerals that are fulfilling some of the micronutrient requirements. But in terms of the big macronutrients, you're not. So that's where you're going to need to use either, <clears throat> excuse me, a just a regular Miracle Grow type synthetic fertilizer. Or if you prefer to be an organic gardener, you can get fish emulsion or uh, kelp-based fertilizers, all made from completely natural sources, but bottled on the shelf in a, you know, a Home Depot or a Sheridan Nurseries. Follow the instructions, mix with water, excuse me, and water with that. Yeah, I do have the Miracle Girl, thank you. Okay. And so I was using these uh, tea bags because I had thought they were supposed to be good for roses. Mm-hmm. And I have both uh, a couple of the little miniatures outdoors mm-hmm. and the anniversary rose from Wheel and Cullen. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just emptying the bags, and a neighbor of mine had all her little bags surrounding the, uh, <laughs> the roses. roses. Yeah. Does it make any difference? Is it? No, it doesn't. Ultimately, those bags will decompose. They're a bit unsightly when they're just sitting on the surface of the soil, but they will eventually disappear, particularly if the ground is soft and she can just sort of carefully uh, fork them in under the soil. Assuming that the soil the roses are growing in is a is a living soil. It's got yes. lots of, you know, action in it. It's got, mm-hmm. you know, organic material that's full of sow bugs and worms and all kinds of micro microorganisms we can't see that are chewing things up, including the tea bags and the tea mm-hmm. leaves. Okay. All right. So I can put the tea bags around. Sure, sure. You can't go wrong. I mean, I always remember I went to somebody's house. She had a banana for breakfast every day. And after she ate her banana in the morning, she would put the banana peel at the base of her roses. It didn't look very pretty, but eventually, again, the the peels would disappear. I'll tell you, I have never seen a hybrid tea rose 12 feet tall blooming up there, 12 feet high. Wow. It was so funny because it's like... Yes. Part of the reason we grow roses is so we can admire them and smell Have to get them. A step ladder, go exactly. smell the thing. Well, right? Big <laughs> step ladder yeah. to go twelve feet up to admire this rose. So it it kind of looked a bit funny. It looked like Jack and the Beanstalk kind of a plant. Yeah. But it was definitely as a result of those banana peels. <laughs> so. I have to put some of those around too. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. The, the little four-inch uh, double impatience. Uh huh. 
should I transfer it to a larger yes. pot or just wait till spring and put it in the garden? Uh, if, if it's, it's still only March and you're not going out into the garden for another six weeks or so. If you want to really encourage that plant to grow and you're going to fertilize it, I would put it in a six-inch pot today. Just uh, six inch. Don't be going up to a 10 or 12. Only your pot size goes up one size. So up, it's going to go up right. from four inch to six inch. Oh, that's excellent. You've been very helpful. And it's interesting about the banana peel, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gee, we got to send a bill to Chiquita the banana. All the <laughs> yes. Extra plugs were given here. Yeah, I know. It's Thank true. Thank you for taking my call. Thank Alrighty, you very thanks much. Thanks for calling. Okay, Wanda. You bet. Uh, the Garden Show on the air right now. Let's uh, get those phone numbers out there once again, okay? In Toronto, we got lines open, by the way, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we shall return to have a word with Marianne here in Toronto after these words. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And as advertised, Marianne <laughs> on the line. Good morning, Marianne. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I have a, a problem. When we bought the house uh, several many years ago, we had a variegated euonymus mm -hmm. that grew under the picture window and up both sides. Mm -hmm. And when... It uh, started climbing near to the second story. We trimmed it a little. Mm -hmm. And it flourished and flourished until a couple years ago. A scale attacked a lot of the euonymus in mm -hmm. the neighborhood. Yes. And I sprayed it uh, with the, um, the uh, stuff that I got at the nursery mm -hmm. for scale. But it didn't stop it. Mm -hmm. So I had to cut down... A part of the dead plant right but now I've got the, I've only got one thin branch that's still alive mm. but I'm stuck with uh, looks like a um, boa constrictors coming out of the ground they're three inch roots and I sawed them off but it's impossible to remove them how do I get rid of all these ugly roots so those roots are left over from the parts of the euonymus that died back from right. the scale. Right. Uh, okay, so why is it impossible to dig them out? Just, just It's impossible for you? I mean, is it one of those things where you just need like a, a strong, young, you know, nephew or son-in-law or one of those, you know, son, one of those people? Yes. Because, you know... Honestly, scale, euonymus scale, you're right, has done massive damage to old stands of euonymus in, in older neighborhoods in Toronto. Partly it was due to some of the extreme weather we were having with the winters, super right. cold. Uh, and then, of course, last summer with the drought. So the euonymus, it, when it's old and it's not as vigorous as a young plant, uh -huh. it's very susceptible to um, you know being attacked and infested by scale. Right. And scale is very difficult to control. Control once it's on the plant. Right. My impulse would be for you to. You're in Toronto. Um, I mean, there's there. I I was just. You go. Do you have access to the internet? Yes. Okay. Go to Landscape Ontario, the website for Landscape Ontario. Right. Put in your postal code where it says find a contractor, right. and put in your postal code, and it'll come up with various 
companies, small companies that will uh, work in your area and you can call them and get them to come and give you a quote to dig out that old euonymus, right. uh, rejuvenate that soil, because I'm sure the soil is very tired. Right. And then if you wish to replant euonymus, they can do that for you as well. And just, you know, call a couple of companies that, you know, sound reputable. If they are members of Landscape Ontario, they should be reputable because it's a very, it's a, an ethical trade association that not just anybody can belong to. Right. Uh, it's a, for the professionals in the industry. Uh, and, um, and see if you can sort of get that work done. And so it, the whole thing will just be cleaned right up by somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, that, the soil is like clay, yep. and um, yep. the roots are surrounding the uh, water, uh, you know, the you water. Ir- irrigation? Yeah, no, the um, the thing that goes to the sewer. Oh, the, yeah, really? So you've got the... So again, that these the people I'm recommending, these professional contractors, are very uh, able and capable of getting, you know call before you dig. There's the one number you call and you get all your cables clearly lined out and certainly if there's concern that the sewer is going in that right through there you know the water drains again they can get the city to come in and mark those so that there's no damage done to anything underground. But yeah the clay soil it's horrible but you know it's got to be it's got to be removed and it's not going to be done by you or me. This is where we we like the young the the young bucks the professional young bucks. Yeah. I just moved my dad. I hired firemen movers. Talk about <laughs> young bucks. Yeah. They yeah. were great. They were great. They were s- strong and friendly and very, very capable. Yeah. They won't dig in your garden, but they do a good job <laughs> moving. <laughs> just okay, a suggestion. Thank you, thank you Marianne. Uh, do we have time for one more question? I think if, yeah, if we go Norm fast, in sorry. Scarborough. Good morning. Good morning. On a rainy day that we're all looking forward to in springtime. That's got right. It. Yeah. Okay, my uh, my question is about Jack in the pulpits. Uh-huh. I've tried growing them for years. I've had a fascination with them when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and they uh, I bought tubers or bulbs oh, from yeah. nurseries, but mm-hmm. I've never been able to get the, get them to to catch on. Uh, they all seem to die uh, in the uh, they just don't grow. So no, I'm in a it's at the foot of the yard. There's uh, 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 maple trees and the uh, uh, fruit trees. Lots of leaves. Mm-hmm. I hmm. dig in mulch in the uh, from birch tree leaves in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no matter what I do, they they never catch. Okay, so I mean, it sounds like you're on the right um, tr- track there. I mean, the thing to remember with the native Jack in the Pulpit that you're attempting to grow is where they've evolved to grow naturally in their in their native environment. So, of course, woodland environment, which is what it sounds like you're mm-hmm. trying to achieve with your tree canopy above and lots of leaf litter below, and organic material is important. Keep in mind, so shade is good. They like lots of moisture. So it's got to be a very moist spot. Now, under all those trees, you may find that it's not as moist as it should be because the trees are taking all the moisture out of the soil. And the other thing they need is a slightly acidic soil. So pine needles, spruce boughs, peat moss are all um, 
amendments to your soil that will help lower the pH. A simple soil test is a good idea to make sure you've got the right kind of pH going on. And then just make sure that you've got the adequate moisture levels in order for the plants to really get settled in. They they do like a, a poorly drained soil. So that's if you've got a, a swale, a low spot, a ditch, that's where they're going to happily make, uh, grow. All righty. Thank, okay. I think we have to oh, go. Oh, man, look at that time. Out of shot. baby. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where did it go? Boom, gone. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank you. Hey, it's been a fun show. It has. Lots of great callers, man, from all over the place. We totally were all over the, the, the uh, encyclopedia the of gardening <laughs> yeah. when it came to questions today. So thank you. Thanks for all those great calls. Thank you, Frank. You are welcome, Charlie. Certainly Always happy a pleasure. to have you back. Happy Earth Hour tonight, everybody. Thanks, Sebastian. You're the best. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.